0: Everyone, air here. Today, I have Lucas Englander joining me all the way from Paris to talk about how success and mental health go hand in hand. He's an actor best known for his transatlantic series, and also how I found him was on a transatlantic plane watching Netflix. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you. I didn't actually share that with you. That the reason I actually discovered you in general was because I was on a transatlantic flight. And I never watch Netflix, but I love old historical timepieces. And you were right there and I'm like, for some reason I wanna to talk to that man. <laughs> <That's>
1: very kind. <laughs> so, Did you watch the entire series on the plane?
0: I watched probably maybe five and a half episodes. It was a really long flight. Wow. Yeah. I binged wow. it. <laughs> and your character I really identified with, so As you know, your character probably way better than I will ever. I was just like, okay, so he's stubborn, but he gets it done, but he's ethical, but kind of flighty. (laughs) 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 I'm like, ooh, I feel like I'm being personalized.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you say that. Yesterday I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a physical theater performer here in Paris and who was like, I started watching your show and I hate your character. And I was so happy when she said that because she was like, I hate your character, but I completely get him. But I hate it. Like he does so many things I hate to see. And get he does them for good reasons. But finally, I felt like somebody was not just talking about the hero, but the person who's not perfect. The mm-hmm. person who does things sometimes even from a modern perspective, wrong, who does not know how to speak properly and who's just sometimes a little bit too hot-headed. And so I'm glad you recognize some of these traits. and a objective and not a just positive regard. They're just an objective point of view.
0: <laughs> I think that's a perfect segue because we are talking about mental health here and we are talking about success and even in the series through your character that's what they were trying to do was succeed but not lose their minds and then also not go to jail or be killed. Like, you know, for sure. minimum. <laughs> <laughs> And that's kind of how I felt about it. It's just like what you mentioned. I was like, I haven't made all the best decisions in my own career. I've had doubts. I've had imposter syndrome. I've had insecurity with, okay, if I put myself on a stage or in front of a camera, how does that come across? Am I going to be authentic? Or am I going to have somebody on a plane, you know, flying (laughs) the red eye, judging me, (laughs) saying? you know, I don't know if she's authentic or I don't know if she deserves this or all of these different negative thoughts, right?
1: Yeah, totally. But it's really strange to me as well that like, I have these traits and I have them more than I would like to admit, you know. Some days I wake up and I'm very, very cool-headed and I'm fine mm-hmm. and I just walk the streets not thinking about anything and I just talk to people from really a very soulful place which is, I think, my child self just being active and not being afraid of showing yourselves. And then other days, I feel personally anger towards things that go wrong or towards things that I would like to have around me. Like, for example, job-related. Whenever you come home from a job, like, I'm away so much that whenever I come back home, I need to reconnect with my friends, right? And reconnecting with friends is not just that you reach out, but it's also becoming a part again of a group or a tribe or whatever you want to call it, like a, a circle of friends. And suddenly you realize, wow, there are these moments when you come back and the loneliness of being there makes you so angry that suddenly you, you project that anger onto other people. And you go, like, you know, you need to change. You need to change your ways because I'm lonely. And, you should uh,
0: accept me as I am now. You like, this is who I am. This is my lifestyle.
1: Exactly, yeah. I had this conversation, like, a few days ago. Was it was at a master class of Todd Haynes. I asked a question as an audience member. How do you deal with the loneliness that can come in some moments with success? And do you have different groups of filmmakers around you you meet up with? And do you you just discuss the work? Like, what do you do? And he said something that got me enraged. And only now I understand why. He said, it's really about friendship. It's really about having friends around you. And because I'm currently in this place where all of this is still, in a certain way, new to me. Like being away so often is new to me. So having friendship that is lasting is also, in a certain way, new to me because I'm constantly pursuing work. Right. And when he said that, I was like, in a certain way, I felt this feeling of how do you, how do you say it's so simple? And deep down, I knew he was right. And I think we all have these these things we need to work on. And mine's definitely to take care of my private life so not to come home and think that I'm lonely because I'm not lonely. I have people who I like and who like me and it's just that something inside of me. I remember when I started ad acting years ago people were like, yeah, you fall into the hole after a project, right? But now nobody talks about that anymore. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the more you work, the smaller the holes are because you start working again so fast. Oh, yes. But the holes still happen. It's just that maybe that's the awful thing. We're so fast that we don't even allow the holes to happen, right? And suddenly you're like uprooted in a certain way.
0: So break it down for me because I feel like what you're sharing is so applicable to other careers as well. So as an actor or someone in the entertainment industry like myself and you, It's easy. We know that we have a project. We go and do said project. We come home from said project. We say, Hi, mom. You know, that happened. (laughs) You know, like that type of pedigree. But I also have friends that are CEOs or that are traveling for business for their companies, and they still fall into this hole. So, can you explain, in your words, what that hole really looks like for somebody? For
1: me personally, I only notice it. When I'm on the way out, when I'm in the hole, I think that I'm fine. But there's a certain energy that is trying to attach itself to everything that's alive. Like it feels like, I don't know, like I come off of the job. As you just said, like I say hello to my parents and I say hello to my friends. And I'm like, okay, let's continue creating. Let's go on. Where's the next thing? Where's the next thing? Right? And only then afterwards, I realized that this creator over draw in a certain way of energy this overexplosion after a project it fades away and then when it fades away i feel this anger i feel this anger at almost everybody and myself afterwards the most and actually like i know it's only at myself the anger that is why why do i feel like things are just like coming and going and there's no constant and so I have to refer again to this moment of the masterclass because I think it really did something to me, something very positive when Todd Haynes said, friends, it's like, look at your friends and then the work will come with that. And I think it's so true. Like we need to invest time in our friendships because life is so fast. It's so fast. And it's beautiful that in this pace, there are moments when you're allowed to create so much, right? And you're allowed to have so much fun and you forget everything while hopefully still being connected to the reality of the world that we're in. But still, you forget this place, which is, there's a home, right? And this home is made up of people, made up of hobbies, made up of everyday things that you enjoy. And we need to look at them, or I need to look at them and do it, and devote time
0: to it. So, I yeah. love how when you're discussing your home especially as it relates to mental health and as it relates to just overall well-being. You never really described a place. You didn't describe, you know, even an item, like an actual house. You're like your people, your tribe, again. And then also, I feel like we have a home that we have to really take care of within ourselves. And if we don't do that, things like anger and resentment, depression, anxiety, All those icky, sticky words kind of creep in.
1: Absolutely. It's so interesting because, you know, as you said, like we want to talk about mental health and success. And I think that success does not exist. What exists is that you do things and you can feel successful in them if you achieve something of what you've aspired to achieve. And it's going to be completely different than what you have imagined, most likely. Like lately, I very much enjoy drawing or painting, but I'm not a painter. I'm not trained. So whatever I do will look very different to what I'm imagining. But it then exists, and I've been successful in just creating a painting. And I think that because we're so trimmed, I don't know why. I wish I had a degree in this part of, say, economic or sociological or uh, sociological studies of why right now we're so fast and so trimmed on finishing things. But not just finishing them, but, like, getting them done. Like, it's great to finish things, but it feels like very quickly, it's like, nope, we need to get this done. We need to get that project done, then this project done, and then this done, and that done, and that done. Everything needs to get done Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And it feels like everything's supposed to be a thing that just happens so that then later the actual thing is to be achieved. I don't know, it feels like everything is just about achievement in a certain way and not about the process of it.
0: You're reminding me of that pseudonym or that cliche. Are you a ends of the means person or are you the means to the ends type of person? So Um, it really hit hard on that for me because I was like, okay, the way you're talking about it is maybe as a society. And we actually come from different cultures. I don't know about you, but I've lived all over the world. Sign me up for Paris. I will go back in a heartbeat. But Different cultures experience this very differently. So when I lived in Thailand, we had a culture that was basically community-based, friendship-based, and everyone had their parts. And it had to get done in a certain time. Like, I'll give you a, for instance, I was responsible because I couldn't do much back then. You know, I barely spoke the language. I was responsible for going and getting the water from the wells and bringing it back. And if I didn't go and wake up every single morning before everybody else was awake, Luckily, I'm a morning person. If I didn't go do that, then nobody had any water to bathe or to cook or to drink for the whole day. So there's a little bit of a pressure mentally, right? You've got to go do this, right? People depend on you. and ourselves, we depend on ourselves. Like I have to go decide I'm going to do my podcast today and I have to go pay my bills and XYZ, right? So there's a little bit of pressure that's healthy for your mental health that says you've got to go do it now. But I feel as a society, we kind of say, hey, you've got to go get it done now, but as soon as you get it done, okay, there's your pillar, hop on to the next one.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. You're phrasing it so much better than I am. I love the way that you're saying this. This is wonderful. Thank
0: you. <laughs> well, we've got a Gemini and we got a Virgo on the line. <laughs> You'll think it all through and then I'll translate it.
1: There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is very funny because it made me think of what you just said about like getting the water. When we do things for other people, we feel such a great reward, right? It's such a rewarding thing to do, and I feel like a lot of the times in the work that I do, I feel like it feels as if I'm doing it for myself, and I don't like that feeling. I don't like this feeling that it feels like I am constantly on a means of self-promotion to continue creating projects and to continue creating contacts and to climb on some kind of an imaginary ladder that society and I together have created of, this is where I want to be as an actor. This is what I want to be able to do. And I find that the moments when I'm really the happiest, the moments when I feel like I'm the most me is when I just admit that everything's going to be different anyway. I have a plan what is going to happen is going to be different. And that is where I will find my expression. Because it's difficult to get water as an actor for your production or for your career. For your production, yes, because you're playing your part. You're playing. But for your career, it's such a strange thing because it's not linear. There's no CEO of acting, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sometimes very difficult to deal with for actors, myself included, this place of, I wish it could just be me getting water, then I can contribute to society. But it's like, if I do this, then I can't do that. And which one of those is something that I really want to express? And at the same time, we always got to think of this as the weird thing, right? Because it is also strategy. It is also advancement of career. Which one of these things will get me closer to the possibility of choosing all the projects I want to choose, working with the people I want to work with? And so it's a very strange game to play. It's a very strange to play. And I think that it's easy in this attempt of just being honest. It's easy to, to forget that really you're allowed to express yourself. And that might just be enough. Because that means that you're allowed to express yourself.
0: <laughs> Can I ask you just a very basic question that, you know, I should have probably asked maybe about 20 minutes ago. Why did you get into acting?
1: I wanted to become a diplomat. I wanted to study law and economics and environment and politics and go to diplomacy. A friend of mine reminded me just a couple of days ago. He was like, do you remember when we went to the diplomatic academy in Austria? We're like, how does this work? And I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about that. So uh, what happened was that I was in high school, and my music teacher, out of nowhere, asked three of us to do an improvisation. And she chose me as one of these kids, and I was 19 at that time. And she whispered into my ear, she said, I want you to play somebody who is addicted to drugs. And in that time, that was a topic in the community that I was in. And there were people who were struggling with substance abuse. And I, at that moment, was incredibly shy to try to express myself, to try to say anything that is honest. And I would constantly try to be powerful, and try to pretend and try to know, try to succeed by already being there Mm -hmm. instead of trying to understand uh, the way. So I did this improvisation and I felt this huge relief and release as if finally I'm allowed to say what's really going on, uh, on inside of me. I know there are a lot of people who say like acting isn't psychoanalysis or therapy. And I think every art form in its own way is therapeutic because you're allowed to express something honest that comes from your relation to life. So that was how I, for the first time, felt that. After, in the time of being a teenager, I'm sure that when I was a kid, I felt it as well that this feeling of I'm allowed to express myself just the way that I am, with all the flaws, with all the knowledge, with all the uncertainty towards life to people. And I was in a safe space, which was the stage. And that was an incredible gift. And so I went home and I told my mom that I want to become an actor. And she was like, I know it. And my family was actually very, very supportive. And that's kind of how it started. And it's interesting, you know, even now, I would say that just to make it a part of it. When we started out talking, a part of me, again, wanted to, before knowledge, you talked to me about a topic that is very important to me. And so I want to be able to speak about it properly. But the moment that I took that position at the beginning of the interview of trying to know, I forgot all knowledge. <laughs> because I began to pretend to know, and I got lost. And now I'm beginning to feel more at ease. I'm beginning to allow myself to show my failures. And I believe that this is what success is, I think, right now. It is you are allowed to be vulnerable in front of others and just search. And by searching, I will constantly fail. And I'm allowed to admit to my failures. And failure is not a negative word. It's completely neutral. It is literally just like me telling me around these words right now. Uh, a little, uh, uh, and then it's like just learning how to play the guitar, man. It's fine.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, 30 years later. <laughs>
0: Can I challenge you for a second here? Challenge me, please. So I've been listening to you, and I love listening to you. You have a very soothing voice, if nothing else. But more importantly, I don't fully know that you understand what your water is. So we're going to play oh, back off of that metaphor. Is I go to Thailand. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't speak the language. I want to be of value, Right. At that time, I didn't have my degrees. I didn't have the cute little check mark. I didn't have any of that. So I'm just this kid that can pick up water. And I found value in that. And I loved it. And I love bringing it back. And I love doing my purpose, bringing essence. So the reason I asked you, why did you become an actor? Was I knew that no matter what you said to me, you were going to reveal your water. and. Everyone that listens to this podcast and the show in general, they always understand from a different point of view, right? And you and me, like, we know that this is going to go out to the world, but we're having a heart-to-heart at the moment. Hopefully you like my heart. I like yours. So I like your heart. <laughs> your water, just to get really picky with you, because this is what I do for coaching. I'm a tantra coach. I'm a spirituality coach. I'm an emotion coach, if nothing else. So your water is, you take people to a safe space. Now, that could be in person, kind of like you've done with me, or it could be on camera, how you also ironically did with me. <laughs> you took them to a safe space. You showed them a very authentic, you know, this isn't going to be perfect. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be real, though, and it's going to be genuine. and. We're going to do our best. The real reason I related to your character so much was because of the rawness that came with it. I have a platform or I have a aesthetic that makes me look like spiritual Barbie. But (laughs) at the end of the day, when people really get to know me and that vulnerable, those shields go down and they see me for who I am, and not, you know, just a body, but like an energy, a person, a soul, that is the place where we get the connections, right? So your water, to get even more granule on it, is that you provide a safe space, whether virtual or physical, where people can go be vulnerable and connect. That is a beautiful water to bring. Actually, a little bit more valuable than just a couple of pictures. <laughs> so... With that, when you connect to friendship, I'm really curious because we all have demons, right? We have these inner demons that like to come and play. I've become friends with some of mine. (laughs) Just like, hey, hi, how are you doing today? I don't necessarily want to see you here, but would you like, you know, a glass of water? It's going to be my metaphor (laughs) there. So when these inner demons come to play with you and you're creating this space, how do you work with them? Do you fight them? Do you suppress them?
1: I think I feel like I'm a little schizophrenic in this right now because I feel like there's the Lucas who is working on set and the Lucas who is creating and then the private Lucas when the private Lucas fights his or here he comes already like when the private Lucas exists with inner demons he fights them he doesn't understand he doesn't know how to use them and he doesn't know how to deal with it and he gets confused now the fight is less violent than it was before when I was younger now the fight is more like a thing of like, oh, wait a second. Let's calm down for a moment. Something's going on. What is going on? Let's figure this out okay. And I might feel like a, a little bit toxic right now because there's something going to my mind I can't grasp. And then I get to these demons, and then over time I can resolve my issue with them in a kind way and invite them in and be kind and not judge myself. And so that's one of the main things that comes to me at that moment is just the sentence Today And it's always like, I'll take the entire day when I feel judgmental towards myself or when I feel like there's some demons in me. I'm like, today, I do not judge. And that's how the private Lucas deals with it. The creative Lucas and the um, set, the actor, invites them in quite profoundly and very much just opens the door to them and goes, okay, if you need to express yourself right now, then go for it. But if you need to express yourself right now, and go for it entirely. I don't want to feel any half, no, no, here, and this and that, and then, no, we got to get along, we got to be kind. No, if you want to exist, give it to me. And so these are the two different ways. And I find both have their somewhat authenticity. authenticity. I just want to try, because I think it can be very easy in both of these moments to fall into some sort of, like, abuse towards myself as also towards others, not to abuse these demons in terms of, like, it's okay to be judgmental sometimes. So if, on a day, Private Lucas can't deal with it, and he becomes really shitty towards people, then I have to accept that as well. That must fall under the no-judgment chain, and I can't try to be a perfect person. And if, on set, like, these demons begin to be mean, because they suddenly command others to just be as a, there's a great French word that right now comes to me, exigeant, which is as demanding of others as these demons are in the moment, do it with kindness. You got demands, I can't allow them to take over my entire existence, right? Because then I'll become a demon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We can't have you becoming a demon, not full fledged (laughs) at least.
1: I (laughs) I think that's how I deal with them. And to always try to refrain in a way from opening the door of overthinking. That's okay too. Everything's okay in you, right? Like just to accept. Processes acceptance to accept i need to accept the voice that is inside of me that speaks with the demons and not the rational part that is trying to understand why the demons are here i will find out let them speak they'll tell me
0: oh yeah Thanks. they're very vocal
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: so i'm listening and i'm hearing a couple of demons of your like personal and then i want to ask you about a different one that you might not actually relate with So there's the demon of judgment, the demon of imposter syndrome. Like, why me? Why did I get here? (laughs) Like, how did I do this? Did you mean to pick the other cute blonde over there? (laughs) How did I get here? I'm curious if any of your demons are burnout.
1: Yeah, I had a burnout, yeah. I had a burnout, quite heavy burnout two years ago.
0: That demon's a little bit more cold. And isolating, which is a whole different demon I would even say. So whenever you have experienced it and you're still trying to chase success, how did you recover from that two years ago? Therapy. Therapy. Okay. I, I like where this
1: is going. Yeah, I went to do psychoanalysis with a wonderful analyst on here in Paris. I did that every week and that really helped. Me. And now I'm in the face of he told me like just give me a call if you feel like it, but don't feel like you need to come. But therapy really helped just to be able to have somebody create bridges between thoughts that I didn't know how to connect and feelings to these thoughts and allowing that to be a space. Because like, what happened when I had my burnout was that I didn't understand anything anymore. I didn't know how to speak to anybody. I didn't know who to speak to. I didn't know how to be with friends. I didn't know how to deal with anything. But the first moment actually... Before my therapist helped me, Ralph Mamusu, saved my life, I would say, because I was in a very dark place. And he said, you know what? You call me every day in the morning, I'll call you every day at night. And just knowing that somebody's there, who's not there for anything, apart from to know that I am here, that really saved me. And it also made me, I think for the first time, really understand something that during the shoot of Transatlantic became... Immensely important to me, which is the word togetherness. And again, like the last moment I had where I lost my sense of togetherness was those couple of days ago when I was at the talk of Todd Haynes and I felt lonely in the world of film. I just felt lonely because I felt like I have this dream. I see this bar where all kinds of filmmakers just come and, like, all kinds of filmmakers from the runners to Sound people to post-production to directors and actors and whoever composers everybody comes and they speak freely about filmmaking without like a sense of oh your movie was so beautiful oh this that no just you know i like that but why did you choose that song because i would have preferred i don't know shostakovich for this part here and this part there just have discussions and be allowed to be emotional with each other without trying to please and so i got angry at this feeling of isolation of the self in the performing arts because suddenly the performing thing, again, felt like it creates more aloneness than togetherness because there's more light being shown on the industry part than on the creative part and collaborative part. And so when Todd Haynes was like friends, I felt so angry because (laughs) I was like, that is true. It is togetherness. And for a moment, I had lost my togetherness and he made me find it again.
0: So there is one more topic because I want to be respectful of your time, but I feel like it's such an important topic. And one of the reasons that I actually, let's keep going. (laughs) Thank you. So there's one more topic. And this was the topic that changed me from being like, okay, I really enjoyed watching this show. I relate to this character very much. I like the energy of the actor to, I want to talk to this man. There was a big shift. And it was, I saw that you were part of IRC, International Rescue Committee, for anyone that doesn't know that, which is dedicated. I'll actually let you share it. What is IRC do
1: The International Rescue Committee helps people around the world in crisis situations to, one, try to reestablish their lives and also problems in their countries if people need, to help in countries of arrival, to help them through processing, there's also finding jobs, communities housing and many more things they send food as much as they help build rebuild
0: as much as they work together with doctors and have legal teams helping with uh questions concerning the laws and regulations of refuge It's a great organization when i saw that i was like okay i like him he can stay (laughs) (laughs) so with that the reason i bring them up actually two different reasons The first one goes back to your togetherness and to what I would call like your shadow days. And the days that just, it was great if we even saw the sun, but I couldn't feel the sun. So I felt like I was in the shadow. I've had some shadow days. And me personally, everyone that's been on this show knows that I'm a human trafficking survivor and that came through the entertainment industry. And I'm not sure that you know that about me, but now you know. It's on Google, so it's not a big secret. So. With that, when I published my books, they became bestsellers. I did the book tours, and I was doing that during my shadow days, though, because here I am on stage saying, this is a real thing. You can survive. You can thrive. You can become a New York Times bestselling author or an actress or whatever your heart's desire is, saying this during the most isolating times of my life. and. I would get offset or I would leave, you know, the news station, or I would leave the camera or the stage. And I would feel that emptiness, that dark shadow, that isolation. And that's how I kind of relate to your dark period of, okay, I don't know why I'm even doing this. What is the point? Like I feel connected to no one right now. Honestly, I felt like I was just another object again. Okay, she's Pretty enough to have this important message, so let's put her in front of the camera. So, feeling that, I confided in a couple of friends. I was like, Look, I'm more suicidal now than I was when this happened to me during my trauma. I feel more alone now than during that trauma. I feel less of a purpose now. And some of them didn't get it, we'll be honest. Some of them were like, Your life is amazing. What's wrong? For you, it might be like, You're on Netflix. What can you be sad about, right? That type of essence. But there was one person that kind of did what your friend did for you. They're like, you call me in the morning, I'll call you at night. I believe is what you said. For me, this person healed part of my masculine wounded that I had because it was a male person that didn't want anything from me. In fact, never have I seen the person physically ever again. But I kid you not, for about two years, every single day, At some point, they would text me, your existence is enough. And like that honestly was my anger during my healing stage. And this was about 10 years ago. But that two years of me, okay, shifting into starting the businesses and starting the nonprofit and actually being authentic and being like, okay, it's a healing journey. It's not a destination. And I can take breaks when I heal. I can throw tantrums. I can let the ego be in charge sometimes. That can be a little bit fun, but (laughs) you got to put her back in the box. (laughs) That's a whole different story that I won't talk about at the moment. All of those things, they immediately think that it has to be linear. That just because you become more successful or you become more well-known or you make more quote-unquote friends or message people from across the world and convince them to come on your podcast, they think that it just gets easier and happier. But in reality, it's just a journey, and there's no rush to it. I feel like organizations that allow freedom to come into play, like IRC, like Flying with Air Women Survivors, which is my nonprofit, or Our Rescue, or THORN, all of these different freedom-based nonprofits, and 5013Cs, there we go, (laughs) they kind of say, hey, we'll meet you where you're at, and that's enough. That's all we're asking Mm -hmm. for. That is probably the number one reason that I reached out to you is you have that type of energy. I'm just going to meet you where you're at. And now that I've got to talk to you for about 40 minutes, I (laughs) write.
1: It's so wonderful what you're saying. It touches me so much because that's what I feel. The place of very often. I feel like people make it seem so big, but those people are just in your head. They're not even the real people, right? The thing that's big, entertainment and exposure, it's not that big, actually. You're still just a human being, and maybe, therefore, it's enough. If you, as a human being, being who you are, move one person into a new thought an action, a daring step into acting, gardening, talking about what they have been through as a person concerning the trauma, move them into unknown territory that brings them release into their own selves. And so what you said about these organizations giving that possibility, I feel that so much, but I never even thought about it, you know, but the way that the people from rescue talk to me is just that they just look me in the eye and they're like, we've got ideas. You've got ideas. That's cool. Let's continue. Let's, let's do what we can do. And as you say, like we don't need to rush and yet We need to do, we need to bring water in the morning. We need to do something. We can't just be in the place of we accept each other. We accept each other. And because we accept each other, we can be honest and try to inspire ourselves to action and each other. And they do that. And they just continue to do that to me. It's a funny thing, the idea of success and what it releases. I think it releases so much overthinking.
0: So I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'm going to let the light shine on you. I know that you don't want it on you, but I'm going to shine it on for you. For someone that is like us or someone that probably listened to this and was like, hey, I can't relate to either of these people, but I have my own stuff. For that person that has been in the dark shadows, you know, had to get out of the hole, who tries to get their water in the morning, who wants to have a bigger cause, but feels the burnout, feels the negative talk, the inner demons, that person. What is like the number one or two things that you're like? Hey, if you're gonna to start today, start here. This helped me, and I believe in this problem.
1: So to give a baseline to that, I have ADHD and non-medicated, and I have depressant phase as well as sometimes your social anxiety that shows itself in a form of creating a defense mechanism of power that I do not have, and I start to talk really. As if I know when I don't. (laughs) I've accepted this part of myself. The things that help me to deal with these things, and the things that help me to deal with the dark sides that come with that, or also just with any other things in life, is to do lists, time frames, and then giving myself a break, a mental break, in which I do not even try to think. Going outside to a cafe, sitting down, reading a book, or just talking to people, or just dancing, or listening to music, whatever it is, whatever it is. you want to play football, you play football, basketball, whatever. Knitting, I don't know. <laughs> but allowing that space to be a part of your life, to be part of your daily life. And also it's okay if things feel like you need to force yourself into them. Like I, for example, I grew up playing an immense amount of video games and being very addicted to movies, not like movie culture, just being addicted to TV and movies. I didn't want to like read books. I didn't want to go outside.
2: I didn't want to look at reality. And for me, it is still an
1: effort to read books. And I love reading books. It is one of my favorite things to do in the world. But every time, apart from when I'm on the metro, on the subway, (laughs) but every time, when it's up to me to take the time to read a book, it is so hard. So to force myself over that edge is worth it. sometimes we need to force ourselves or each other. I mean, sometimes in dark places, it's not easy to realize that that there is somebody else. But if people who are listening are in dark place, then all they can say is there is somebody. Just call them. And I know it's hard, but maybe the effort to reach out to somebody is already enough to have a little start again. to just honestly say to somebody, I'm not okay. I need help. Unless I think that I, try to use it in most cases actually and let me tell you as a I know was any person, in, this isn't easy to ask for help but being a heterosexual man who grew up in patriarchy leads to that not even being like a possibility like you don't ask for help come on like you deal with your stuff you got problems keep quiet deal with it come on show yourself when you shine don't show yourself when you're confused or when you can't deal with life no And so I've learned from one of my ex-partners that she just gave me a kick in the ass concerning feminism. And she did it for herself, right? Because I had notions where she was like, because I can't deal with this anymore. You are taking up so much space and it's hurtful. It's not even that it's annoying. It's literally hurtful because you're taking up so much space, you're taking away my space because you think that it's yours and I'm named right to it. Sorry, there's immense techno on the street. I'll take a little second till whoever that is passes by. So while that person's talking though, there's an old guy who sometimes drives down the street on a an electric wheelchair who blasts techno music and jazz, so it might just be
0: that guy. He's I was mean, like eight years
1: old or something.
0: <laughs> they've gotta love a little bit of a light mood for a dark topic. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she did that for herself
2: and that was her Also, in a certain way, outcry for help in our relationship.
1: But it really helped me because suddenly I realized, oh my God, I am performing in every of my moments when I can, but not because I love performing, but because I feel the need to be right, and I feel the need to be loved, and I feel the need to please, which comes from a structure of patriarchal society that I've been taught that I need to have inside of myself so to succeed. And I'm so grateful that she taught me the beginning steps of deconstructing that, which I still am. And now I just am in the phase of accepting the moment when I fall into performing. I'm not there yet to just be completely rid of it. Maybe one day, for the moment, I accept that. And so that as well, accepting yourself, accepting the darkness. And as you said before, inviting the demons in for a conversation.
0: Let's stop. Here's the one. Yeah, <Someone>. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. giving them names, even.
0: So if I didn't adore you already, now I adore you. And I think everyone is going to find so much value in this conversation. It was so authentic and raw. It showed some dark parts, but it also showed a lot of beauty. I definitely believe that if you pay attention to pain, pain can be beautiful. So with that, I know that you can't share everything I know that you probably have these amazing projects that no one's allowed to know about right now. But is there anything you can share with us that's coming up? I unfortunately (laughs) really can't, but I can say that there is an Austrian feature
1: film, a Greek feature film, a British miniseries. And if there's anything I can talk about, I am currently writing a three-part story on an auto-fictional story of an actor getting out of movies and trying to attach himself to things in the real world, so to feel the real world again. But he constantly attaches himself to emotions and therefore makes the real world another fiction, just like his films, until he realizes what he's doing. So those are things that I'm working on at
0: the moment. I love this. Uh, so I may have to read that one, too. I'll read with uh, Was it your scripts, your playwrights, um, and your book? <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> I love reading. Uh, so you have been such a delight. I know that you're recently on Instagram, so you can go see his Instagram via mine. I follow him. Not sure he follows me back yet, but a little bit of shade never hurt anybody.
1: <laughs> I'm terribly scared of following people on Instagram. I'm afraid of watching their stories. I'm afraid of watching their photos. I'm afraid because I know that it will send dopamine through my brain. And I'm afraid that, therefore, I will feel some sort of impossibility to stop being on the feed. And, therefore, I follow people. But it's, like, it's a strange act. Like, I have very close friends of mine from my teenage years who I do not follow because I don't want to see their stuff because I just want to talk to them want to talk to them. And then, I don't know, like, it's a strange thing. <laughs> and it's something I need to do with.
0: Help me. <laughs> this is how I'm going to help you, okay? This is kind of my field. You're going to follow them for the connection and then you're going to mute it. Interesting. And then when you have them cross your mind and you're like, "Man, I wonder what Air's doing today. That was such a great conversation we had." Then at that moment, you can do one of two things. You can go to Air's profile and be like, "Oh, that's cool. She's in Paris. Maybe I should message her." Or you could do the other one and just be like, "Hey, I want to call Air." So That way, you get the best of both worlds.
1: That's an incredible idea. You literally just solved my problem. Thank you.
0: It's what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) So, with that, I am so thankful that you decided to tune in from Paris. I hope, you know, everything aligns well in the future. And I look forward to your feature films, the American ones, the European ones, the Greek ones, all of them. And for everybody else out
3: there, it is happening. Our Costa Rica retreat is now available for signing up and I will be there with you all. We are going to Costa Rica, a sacred spiritual place that is filled with not only amazing forestry and waterfalls, but also a essence that you have to be there to be able to fully understand. We have a full January 12th through 15th lineup of both Western and Eastern practices to help you not only grow on your spiritual journey, but also heal from any setbacks or trauma that has been holding you back for too long. I am so grateful and have been working very hard with Tanya, my co-host, to make sure that this is everything it needs to be for you all, including a self-defense class, Tantra, NLP, plant ceremonies, and more. So go ahead and check it out on the flyingwithair.com website where you can not only put in your $500 deposit, but you can also go ahead and take advantage of that early bird special. We have a limited amount of spots, and I definitely want to see you there. If you've ever needed spiritual coaching, or you wanted to come around like-minded individuals, now is your moment. Until then, good vibes and love, and thank you for healing and growing with me today.